مرحبا بكم في برنامج رجالة الأفلام. Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about people risking their life and physical well-being trying to scale insurmountable odds are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Terrence Howard's ego? As ever. We should explain what the attention means. Well, <laughs> as I was reading, I realized attention. I was referencing the movie Everest. Because yes. we're talking about that this week. Okay, Everest good. And then? Right? and then Crazy Town started when I said Terrence Howard. So what the hell happened oh, there? The, the train from Crazy Town <laughs> stops at Terrence Howard's front door because... <laughs> he is I, something. He's a piece of oh work. Oh, my goodness. The, it's, it's you the, sent me that interview. Uh, is it the Rolling Stone interview or yeah. the TV Guide interview? I can't remember. TV Guide, I think. TV yeah. Guide interview. Where he claims that he's the only person to know uh, true mathematics, and that he thinks it's wrong that one times one equals one, and that eventually children will learn that one times one is two, and only he knows why that is. Yeah, and he, he claims to have created his own language. Yes, that he writes backwards, so no one can read it and decipher it. Here's my question about the balloon that guy. I'm a little obsessed with him after that article, honestly. Wait, like, who did, who did we've got a new him? Elvis, like a weirdo. But <laughs> at least Elvis was a unique talent. I'm sorry, oh, Terrence. Yeah. You are completely replaceable. <laughs> why Apparently. Are, right? <laughs> Iron Man. Literally replaceable. <laughs> oh, why are we putting up with this guy? Why is anyone hiring this? Well, Empire's a hit. But, but, but why put him in Empire, I suppose, to begin question. with? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you knew all this. You and know. in there, I think he plays like an egomaniacal record producing oh, uh, label yeah. guy. I, I'd never understand <laughs> That's that. That's not going to help. I always get him confused with the one who did the dog movie. Snow Dogs? Snow Dogs? That would be Cuba Gooding Jr. Oscar Award winner, Snow Dogs, Cuba Gooding Jr. All right, well, let's get on to the show. we got a lot of movies to get to today, so welcome to the movie showcast. Good and proper, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. And we've got three dead bodies on the sidewalk of Venice Boulevard, Justine. I'm sorry if the goddamn chicken got overcooked. <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring reference. the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, banter, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club, an oasis for weary travelers. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. TheMovieGuys.net, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, PodDirectory.com. It's crazy. And it's all free. We encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes. Share and like posts where you see them on social media. Please. Rate us, leave a review, etc. We appreciate it. If you do, hey, we're still not going to charge you. You know, I was just thinking when you said it's crazy, we should just start a new thing where anytime we want to say crazy, we just go, it's Terrence Howard. It's Terrence Howard. <laughs> this whole thing is Terrence Howard. It's all Terrence Howard all the time. The Start. fucking this, balls to think this about yourself. This, this guy's uh, killing this, me. This show is getting Terrence Howard. <laughs> Uh, let's see. WBAD.net is also where you can find us Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern on Internet Radio. Just search the movie guys on Google, Bing, or <laughs> or Yahoo, and we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. I rarely wear underwear, but when I do, it's usually something unpredictable. No, unusual. Rather unusual. Rather unusual. And Bart Caius. <laughs> Fuck Martha Stewart. Martha's polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's all going down, man. And Adam Witt. We had half a slinky. I straightened it. Nice! <laughs> Joining us later in the show are a couple of members of the popular Hollywood improv troupe Dr. God Ooh. and two of the makers of the new horror comedy that's just had its run in major U.S. cities and now finds itself on VOD, Bloodsucking Bastards. The co-writer, producer, and co-star Justin Ware and the co-writer and director Brian James O'Connell Talking indie film. Get it done. Look forward to that. Not a lot of comedy troops can make a movie. 
they're lucky to like meet every week to rehearse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah right. Pizza money, let alone uh, <laughs> movie yeah. money. Uh, before they get here, however, though, it's movie preview time, what we do best, mm. and we have a big weekend. For some reason, Hollywood chose September 18th to pile on the choices of movies for, for us to see, and we'll tell you what uh, they're all about. Hot off the heels of Robert Redford and Nick Nolte in A Walk in the Woods, Confused People in Open Spaces <laughs> Month continues <laughs> with Maze Runner, The Scorch Trial. Oh, finally, a film about the people versus Dustin Diamond. No, that's The Screech Trial. Oh, and <laughs> silly. Also, Everest... <laughs> Plus, Captive, and uh, later in the show... I need to know everything you know about the Winter Hill Gang, and specifically, what you know about your former boss, and now fugitive, James Whitey Bulger. Riveting. Well, let's start. Yeah. That music drives that trailer. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Um, let's take a look at this uh, week's films. And uh, fear not, no screenwriters were harmed in the writing of any of this week's movies, all of which were based on true stories. Even Maze Runner, Scorch Trials there, Paul? Sure, why not? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Here's my best guess as to what this movie is about. Something, something, running, something, something, teens versus adults, something, something, sand, something, something, three more movies. Well, ah! I think you're probably right. Here we go. We'll find out the truth. Uh! Yeah! wrapped up this metal song. <laughs> There's two types of young adult novels. Two kids in love fight against the forces trying to pull them apart, and the future tries to kill all kids. <laughs> Maze Runner, <laughs> The Scorch Trials, is the latter. Last year, The Maze Runner gave us the story of Thomas, a young man who woke up in an elevator having no memory of anything but his name, hmm. or what 20-somethings call a typical Sunday morning. <laughs> Thomas and his fellow gladers, whatever the hell those are. <laughs> Listen, if you saw The Maze Runner, you would know what gladers are. Well, Paul, I'm not a 14-year-old girl, so I didn't, and I don't. <laughs> All right, I'll be that 14-year-old girl. Just when the Scooby gang thought they had won by successfully running the maze, the maze was only the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now they face an even bigger challenge. Word find. <laughs> In a world that seems increasingly designed by evil grandparents, what's a six-letter word for box office win? Scorch. <laughs> Thomas and the Gladers uncover an evil plot by a mysterious and powerful organization known as WCKD. Ooh. The storyline apparently involves flooding the airways with today's hottest music from today's hottest <laughs> artists. That's WCKD, last on your dial, first in your hearts. WCKD with the phrase that pays all hits all days. WCKD, more music, less talk. All right, we get it, they're the bad guy. Actually, WCKD is an acronym pronounced wicked. All right, that's probably not what they're talking about. Where's the button on this thing to make it stop? <laughs> Dear God, that is evil. All right, nothing says box office gold like the headline, Coming this September. Yeah. Isn't that right, Dolphin Tale 2? <laughs> and the Maze Runner. <laughs> Actually, the first Maze Runner movie was also released in September of last year. Well, I guess the audience for these movies is nothing if not predictable. Now, Thomas is the chosen one, we're guessing, this time <laughs> instead of the maze, as the title subtly suggests. Thomas and his fellows have to run through sand, I guess. Otherwise known as the Scorch? What exactly is the Scorch? Well, it's hot, desolate, and only a fool would think they could actually survive there. You know, a lot like Phoenix. 
I don't know why they're fighting. These busted-up buildings in the Scorch look like rave settings teens can't wait to go to. <laughs> the movie stars Dylan O'Brien. Who? Thomas Brody Sangster. Who? Aiden Gillian. Who? Kaya Scalderlo. Who? And Ki Hong Lee. Who gives a shit? <laughs> All of whom I assume are great in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Sorry, we need to retract all of that. The movie actually stars successful young adult book series. Good to have you back. <laughs> Will this be the end of our intrepid gang of runners? No, that's just sequelnomics. Sequelnomics. That's just sequelnomics. It is. No, that's just sequelnomics. No, I that's say just sequelnomics. Can I give you a line reading? Sequelnomics. <laughs> you said it right. What are you... Did it? It sounded. It, I heard it here, it's, but it sounded it bad here. W N W N. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm saying what you're saying. It sounded weird. No, that's just sequelnomics. They haven't even begun to mount the rebellion against the entity that has enslaved them, because I know that's where this is going, and I don't even read books. There you go. That's. The Scorch Trials. Which, the Scorch Trials. Which I may go and see because even though the Maze Runner because kind of... Movie because pass. Movie, yes, pass. movie Pass. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the, the Maze Runner kind of hit me with like, eh, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But uh, I do regret not seeing it on the big screen. So with oh, Movie okay. Pass in hand, I'll go see The Scorch Trials. This one looks a lot better. This one looks like it's, uh, I don't know, I like I don't need the maze setup or whatever. This is like the next iteration like that they, they, they I, I, I gather from the, the trailer that they made it through the maze. <laughs> yes. um, they give you a year. They give you a year window. Then yeah. it's a spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> but 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 the, the reason the maze is there and who these evil people are who are saying the whole thing. And then now the movie's really getting going. That's kind of revealed at the end of the first one. Yeah. So now, yeah, they can just uh, okay. dig in. And the Scorch, it seems like they're. There was a sun flare that kind of killed everything on Earth, like these yeah. movies, and, like they have in these movies. But I guess some people were out there, and now they've become these sort of like zombie-esque type killing things, to the point where this movie almost got an R rating because it was uh, super intense action and thrills mm. and stuff. So you and, can get an R rating for action, intense action, intense action <laughs> and thrills, and I guess uh, maybe they had gore. I don't know, but uh, yeah, so they may step it up a little bit. And yeah. Be, even more intense. Yeah, I think I like the concept of this one better. I, I I just like, I mean, the reason I always say I'll see any movie there's four of is because I just like the expansion of just the mythology. Wait. You, you know? got two more. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> going to be four of these. Absolutely. Who are, uh, who are these movies written by? Do we know? Is it an adult? Uh, um, is it like well, a Karen, teen? Well, Karen, it is based on the best-selling novel. And I think I mm -hmm. speak for everyone when I say we need to stop selling novels. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only reason I bring that up is I'm curious... The reason I bring that up is I'm curious how old the person is who's writing this, oh, only yeah. because... It's got to be a chick. It's got to be a <laughs> chick or a mom who's got a teen kid, because I honestly think whoever wrote this movie acts like we care about teenagers enough that we need to, like, go through so much trouble to make their life miserable. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. who gives a it's, shit that much about it's, teenagers? Exactly. It's how much the trouble future. they get. Remember when Breakfast Club came yeah, out? no one cared. Parents just just didn't care about kids no. and that was enough to whole, set a whole movie. Now they have to fucking destroy Earth yeah. and then try and kill kids. And it's, it's as if the kids are so sure that they're so friggin' important yeah. that their entertainment has to have them being destroyed by the world because they're so important. Because yeah, building this whole maze, I, I, and if you see the first movie, it's it's like the size of half of Atlanta. It's I mean, huge. No 
to pa- test teens? Who gives a <laughs> shit if you just want the teen to go to school and yeah. come home on time? If you want to annoy a teenager, just put study hall on the other side of the building yeah. from French class on third period. That's enough to piss him off. I just oh, don't care Bob. enough. Oh, no time five, to stop at the locker. Five right. minutes to get across campus. <laughs> No like, time to yeah. stop at the locker for a swig of Diet Coke in your fucking upper. <laughs> I just don't care enough to want to make kids' lives harder. Right, no, and you don't have to work at it at all. Just, just just, put the cookies on the top shelf. That's enough. The angst will come. That is the people. biggest assumption. Like, I bet they're going to put a lot of work into making my life hell. No, I actually don't want to at all. <laughs> it's just going to happen. That's just naturally going to happen. Teenager. Well, it's mid-September. Let's get on to our next film. Time to think about snow. It's the story of men who went up a hill and came down a descent into hell. It's Everest, or mountain climber, the freeze trials. And here's what it's all about. Karen? Oh, we we should have brought the the Price is Right sound effect. (laughs) Do-dee-doo-dee-do. got credit for thinking of it. <laughs> Here's a movie that will make you think twice about spending $70,000 to exert a marathon's worth of effort every day for nine weeks while fighting off frostbite on a 20,000-foot high oxygenless, unstable surface. I'm all ready to turn back now. What could possibly, possibly go right? Spoiler alert, this movie is based on real events that occurred almost 20 years ago, so we have no obligation to withhold any plot points. For hmm. example, Jason Clark plays expedition leader Rob Hall. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't get too attached to his character at the beginning <laughs> if I were you, you know what I'm saying? This is at least the second movie made about the tragic events that took place on Mount Everest back in the spring of 1996. Oh, okay, so this is a sequel? No. Uh, a re- reboot? Nope. An origin story? Nah. So what is it? Well, it's literally the same movie about the same thing, but with different actors. Oh. Well, is it at least based on a book? No, but the movie that this movie is based on is based on a book, and that book is based on real-life events. It's a movie, Paul! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bart. Uh, Let's listen to a clip. All right. How's the weather? It's good. I wish I was with you. It's going to be good. You, me, and that little Sarah will all go climbing together. Okay, sure. So calls can go in and out of Everest, but I try to make a call here in L.A. and I can't get a signal because everybody in Beverly Hills doesn't like their ugly cell antennas mucking up the beauty of their fair city. Please. You think Nepal requires the cell towers in Everest to disguise themselves as evergreen trees? In case you weren't aware, Mount Everest is the world's tallest mountain and the most treacherous peak to climb in the world. So what's it take to summit such a daunting and foreboding landmass? Nerves of steel? Uh, physical attributes that surpass even the most elite athlete? Hmm. I'm sure those would come in handy. Or... How you doing? I'm back. Doug Hansen. What do you do when you're not climbing, Doug? I deliver the mail. First mailman on Everest? Hope so. Of course a mailman makes it to the top of the mountain because neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Hmm. Makes sense? Because all you really need is about 60K and you can have some poor Sherpa drag your pasty butt 20,000 feet. (laughs) Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Our bodies will be literally dying. Then why are we going up there? (laughs) This is from the screenwriter of 127 Hours, who I'm going to gather is a bit of an agoraphobe. (laughs) And co-stars Jake Gyllenhaal, fresh off the Herculean task of earning my respect. (laughs) 
He now reaps the rewards of me not easily dismissing him in this role. And the film is directed by Baltazar Cormacur. Oh, I love Baltazar Comic-Con. I am also a big fan of Bizarre Cordon Blue. You're kidding me. Battlestar Galactica is my favorite. But <laughs> why would anyone see this movie? Because it's there. Mm. I, I hope my husband's midlife crisis is just buying an orange convertible. Ah. Shall see. <laughs> gotta be orange. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be orange. Either that or you have to climb to the top of Everest. I gotta tell you, I'm way in on this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, not just because... Now Jake Gyllenhaal is suddenly a great actor. I'm interested in everything yep. he does. And have you seen the preview for Demolition? No. This new movie from the director no. of Wild and Dallas Buyers no. Club? No. It looks great. Uh, after I, Nightcrawler, I'm like, I fucking love yeah. this guy. I hated him before that movie. I don't know what, he's doing. <laughs> what was the time The time travel movie? Oh, the I gotta Source see that. Code. Source Code was a great, great movie. Oh, Had that. you seen that, you would have already been in love with him. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. I think I've said this before. Jarhead. Yeah, is when no, he I gotta around. go back and check Source some shit code. out because I dismissed him out of hand for some reason. I mean, well, he's, it was boring. He's you know boring. what? I, I thought he was shit. boring. So you're not yeah. throw out of hand. I would Dull. watch his movies, but I didn't think he was such a big deal. Yeah. I think but his man, sister brings him down. Just have it out for her. Well, she looks like his aunt. Sorry, I hate to say that because Aunt obviously, Gyllenhaal. obviously, everybody has to age. Now, is it because of him you're in, or just what? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, no. Here's why it is. There's another one of these, and I watched it one night uh, going to bed. I watched Into it on thin Netflix. Huh? Into, thin Into thin air, thin right? Air. Yeah, yeah. Okay, based and on the, the book, based on John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air. Oh no, it's the two guys, right? The oh, touching the void. Touching the void. Oh, based on a book. Based on the book. God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course, anybody that goes up a mountain and they fuck up their lives, they, they'll write about it. But uh, um, <laughs> did you see but, Touching the Void? I did see Touching the That's, Void. Holy! I fuck, read the book. So I haven't seen the movie. Good. Oh my God! You got to see the the way they do the storytelling yeah. with the interviews and everything. So you know they made it out of it, but it's still so harrowing. I mean, and every everything that just keeps going wrong. I mean, it's 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 like they say at the beginning of Gravity, yeah. right? Man is not meant to exist here. So there's what's going going to happen when you go into this mission at all. So the the the, it, the touching the void. It, it, I, I started watching it. I was like, ah, I'm going to bed. I'm Netflix. I'm like, Let me understand. That's about Everest as well. No, it's a or a uh, different peak. It's a peak down oh, in South America. It's, it's not even K two. It's just but a they peak just, down in South America. They just somewhere. don't have it together to go up. They just decide to do it, and it's a lot. I mean, you have to plan this shit out, and even when you plan it out to the nth detail, nature wants to kill you. Yeah. Okay. Nature wants you dead. And so they go up this thing and it's already you're like, oh man. And you just feel that dread as they go up it. And they start th and everything starts going wrong and wronger and wronger and wronger and wronger. And it and I stayed up all I stayed up for the entire movie. I was going to bed watching something and I stayed up the entire time. Now, so this type of story, God, it just it, it, the, the danger of it, the, it's, it again, it kind of goes back to that gravity thing of like, man is not meant to exist here. Nature wants you dead. And so, yeah, I'm in. I read I'm Touching in. the Void in my, my, I was living with my cousin at the time and we were both. Uh, in, and that's not in, this story? No, no, this okay, is this story. is Everest. This I is swear a, to God, I keep thinking you're talking about a porno. <laughs> Touching, <laughs> Touching the Void. <laughs> Touching Laverne. Touching, um, like, and we were both very heavily in, in, into rock climbing at the time. And we weren't mountaineers, um, which is what they do in now, Touching the Void. You were kind of casual climbers. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we did multi-pitch climbs. But um, we actually had to have a discussion after, because we both read the book Touching the Void. And they talk about something in there. And I don't know if they actually call it this, but it's death math. And the death mm, math mm, is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, we can both die or mm. only one of us can die. Absolutely. And, that is a harrowing point and, in that. And, and the deal is, okay, Paul and you, Paul, you and I are going to go climb this mountain. And uh, if you get hurt, 
um, I'm not going to save you because that's just only going to kill me too. Yep. So if you get hurt, I'm going to leave you and go. And that's what happens in this movie is that yeah. Simon breaks his leg and there's this moment where they look at each other and go, well, Simon's dead. Right? Yeah. You've I mean, broken si- your leg at the top of this mountain yeah. and so we have Simon, to get down. And Simon goes, well, I guess I'm dead. Even though he's obviously not. He just broke his leg. And then his partner breaks the rule that says... Well, I'll cut try the, to save you. Cut the cord. You. Cut the cord. Well, I'll He's try to save you. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to save you. And there's this great. Uh, we won't give it away, but there's this great sequence where they where they go against all the mountaineering they've ever yeah, been told, yeah. which basically says, "Leave him there. Mm-hmm. He needs to die because otherwise, you will die trying to save him, and you'll both be dead at the end of the day." Wow, yeah. that is the opposite of the Marines Code. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, it is. It so is. my cousin and I actually had this 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 but discussion nature. about would we do this if we wow. were on a mountain? And the the sad yeah. truth is, yeah, why should we both die? Well, yeah. and that is the that is the harrowing thing oh, about touching amazing. the void is they have to make those decisions and God I stayed up all night watching this thing. So that's Everest. I've only seen the IMAX movie called Everest. <laughs> I want to see that. Which was really good, but they missing shot an IMAX. but missing a story. No, so now I'm excited to have a but story. But there's nobody gonna die. Now the the, the Everest the t- not touching the void. The, what's the other one? Into thin air. Into, Into thin, thin air. air. John they were shooting the IMAX movie when that happened, right? No, they were. John Krakauer was doing a story for okay. Outdoor Magazine or Climbing Magazine. Oh, I thought there was an actual camera and it was being photographed. Oh, maybe but something. There, there might have been a film crew up there, but I think there was another film crew short, not in 96, another film crew where people died. But isn't it scary? I mean, can you imagine going up on a mountain and you're yeah. just, nothing is there to save you. Nothing And they're is up there, there by the way. You. All the bodies are still mm. up there. Probably. No, no, they are. Yeah, frozen, when, right? if, if you climb Mount Everest, you will pass three dead bodies because wow. you can't get them off the mountain. Yeah, fascinating stuff. I found it interesting as I watched the trailer that the base camp and uh, all the food and everything was being put together by a woman. Yeah, There's a woman true. in the movie. Here comes a storm, and they show like Emily Watson, like ah, and then a couple of the people like <laughs> keeping the tent together. They, and I'm like, oh, put down your apron and ladle so that you can take care of the tent. Uh, cookie's drunk again. Uh. <laughs> cookie's drunk. <laughs> well, hey, boys, I fixed you up a mess of hot dogs. <laughs> well, the names of the cast allow us to bring back a long-lost art form. <gasps> this, that of reading the names of a cast as if they're the members of the 1967 mm. Green Bay Packers. These are our rich, sturdy hey, names. it's football season. This is great. we got to do this during it's football season right. only. This is our new tradition. These names will probably sound great, set to the classic music of NFL films. <laughs> Everest, Earth's highest mountain, a frozen ground designed to test man's metal at the highest level, a summit capped with snow over ice over rock, touched by only those with the strongest wills and physical constitution. This is your cast of Everest. Jason Clark, Josh Brolin, John Hawks, Tim Hammersley, good guy, good golfer. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Sam Worthington. Justin Salinger. And Kira Knightley. As the beaver. <laughs> I always sound like a lesbian when I do it. Oh, more! Woohoo! No, I just like all this music. Oh, yeah. Ah, it's the best, isn't it? All right, let's We get should give them next positions film. next time. Yeah. Who's With the quarterback? Who's the tight end? Who's the tight end? She's the right? tight end. I, I know. I, trust me, she's the tight end. Yeah. Right, our next film as we enter the home stretch is Black Mass. Woo-hoo! Bart, oh, let's God. talk about it. It's the latest film to star Johnny Depp. Yay! Captain Jack Sparrow, love him. What's he playing here? He plays Whitey Bulger, the most infamous violent criminal in the history of South Boston. Mm. And which Disney ride is that based on, Paul? 
Okay, Adam, let's talk oh, about me? Black Mass. Here we go. I got the nod. Black Mass. Now, mm. that title gives us a good opportunity to play another rousing round of... Guess What It's About! Yes, guess what it's about. So, <laughs> Black Mass, I, I ask you, everybody, what's it about? Uh, it's a Sister Act sequel, isn't it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Is this the magazine typo that started the pornography revolution? Not so much. <laughs> a trip to the dermatologist with tragic consequences. <laughs> no. None of you are right, oh. as always. <laughs> We're good at that. Why I've seen a black mask never... squeezed on YouTube before. <gasps> yeah, you can't look away. No, oh, dude, you don't even start <laughs> down that hole. Then you get the live moth caught in the guy's ear. Yeah, they're gonna yeah, it. No. Holy shit! Uh, listen, Black Mass is about Johnny Depp uglying himself up wow. to play famed Boston mobster Whitey Bulger, hmm. which is a waste of a perfectly good name for a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Whitey Bulger. Um, <clears throat> you know, Whitey actually got his nickname because he was so white. He once watched an episode of My So-Called Life while listening to NPR and describing a TED Talk to a friend. Ooh, Black Mass is the story of organized crime boss James Whitey Bulger who goes undercover for the FBI and ends up using his in with the feds to continue to live a life of crime and unchecked aggression towards society. Unchecked aggression. I like this movie. Well, at least I did when it was called The Departed. So hopes are high. Oh! <laughs> uh, this movie does have uh, fake Matt Damon, Jesse Plemons. Matt Damon. <laughs> Play that again later to crack bar. All right. <laughs> and you know this plot. It's mob shit. Yeah, there you go. Whatever, mob there's shit. There's only like three variations on the story. Yeah, exactly. You know what you're getting into. Don't be surprised if there's shooting and trust issues. <laughs> it's like a mountain climbing movie in that you should know what to expect. <laughs> The story will no doubt cover his early years in Boston to his fugitive years in known criminal hideout and cesspool, Santa Monica. <laughs> Let's find him! I hope they score it to this. Somebody check the Regal Beagle! Alright, knock on that door! Knock on that door! You knock on that door! <laughs> check the Bistro! I'll check the Regal Beagle! <laughs> the real story here is that Johnny Depp is supposed to be amazing, truly absorbed into the role of a total, disreputable, horrible person. Hmm. So expect him to love his wife a lot. <laughs> That's how they try to win us back in a far too true story That's like this. So true. Now, Depp seemed like the perfect person to play a mobster accused of 19 counts of murder and 24 counts of scenery chewing. <laughs> Depp does what he does best here, become other people. He seems to channel the living spirit of Whitey Bulger and yet another Oscar-worthy character performance. He even went so far as to wear a bald wig to give the illusion that he's losing his hair. All right. The illusion. <laughs> Basically, he's bringing the edginess and hairline he showed us when he played Hunter S. Thompson. Well, thank God it's a true story. For a moment there, I thought Hollywood was going to start coming up with ideas of their own. Oh. Well, that is based on a book. You know, every review I've read has said that uh, this is no good, fellas. Hey, way to go, critics. You're doing your job amazingly once again. <laughs> These are the best reviews I've seen since you said that Interstellar was no 2001. Hey, can I play? Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials is no Citizen Kane. Did I win? Matt <laughs> Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> No good fellas. It really said that. Every review is like, there's no good fellas. Oh, shut the fuck. Could you, could you. Neither's Donnie Brasco, that horrible piece of shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think there's room for a second mob movie. <laughs> yeah. 
In fact, wasn't Goodfellas the second mob movie after The Godfather? Yeah, exactly. Wasn't it No Godfather? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's mob shit. I'm in. Yeah. It'll right? be good. Karen, yeah. Karen came up with a point that... Yeah. Karen? Like, what? Karen! That's all the money we had! Karen! Karen. That's all the money we had, Karen! Uh, <laughs> he'd served time in Alcatraz, like eight or nine years, Did right? Mm-hmm. Bulger? Yeah. yeah. Bulger. And still the worst criminal, yeah. like, well, ever. Because... So, I look at it as a grad school. So you're in the mob and you get sent away to Alcatraz, which is the place to go if you're a bad guy. Yeah, you, yeah you're nobody unless you've spent time there. Right. So you go there, you learn how to be a better criminal, come out, and then just get it done. Yeah. And you know who you talk to to really find out how do things work is Al Catraz. Oh! <laughs> hey, I'm Al Catraz. Come talk hey. to me. Aren't you supposed to be... Rehabilitated though, after all. <laughs> no, that. no, no, no. It's the worst stuff you... ever after Alcatraz. Yeah. <laughs> it's just movie, a place uh, to learn. Because he was on the run until like 2011 or something, right? Yeah, he was out here in Santa Monica yeah, yeah. until just like yesterday. Yeah. They got on this movie. You see a way? Can you hear us? No, let's make it easy. But this movie got me thinking about Johnny Depp as a character actor. And I think I've maybe. That's what he is. Yeah, I've maybe made this point before that. That I think he's such a char- great character actor because because he doesn't have his own personality to get in the way of yeah, the great a- characters. Right, he's just an empty vessel that he can become whatever character he 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 portrays. Yeah. In contrast to um, Mel I don't Gibson? know. Let's just take any actor off the top of my head. I don't know. Oh, maybe Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise. Always Tom Cruise. No matter what point. character. And you know why? That's a good point. Because I think it's so great to be Tom Cruise. He doesn't want to stop being Tom Cruise, That's even great. for two, two two hours in a movie. I'm in he's, with this analogy. He's going to continue to be Tom Cruise every second of his life because that's how great it is to be Tom Cruise. Johnny Depp apparently is a boring asshole. He doesn't want to be Johnny Depp. I'm st- I, yeah, I, I think that Johnny, anybody but Johnny Depp he wants to be. Just from an actor's <laughs> point of view. Cruise news. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Show me the money. Just from an actor's point of view, Johnny Depp gets a lot of respect from casting directors and directors because they let him act. A lot of people aren't allowed to play characters that they aren't. Like, we lose Johnny Depp. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. He's allowed to act. Tom may be pigeonholed. But that's okay, too, because he's great at it. But I'm just saying a lot of people aren't allowed to do anything. But he's pigeonholing himself. Yes. He's the producer. Because he loves being Tom Cruise, and who wouldn't? But someone as handsome as Johnny Depp, yeah, you're right. It's like, why would we want to cover that up with makeup and heavy B? Well, trust him. That's been his bit since the very beginning because he came out of a teen TV show on Fox, right? 21 Jump Street. Mm -hmm. And that's all he was getting offered was like, whatever whatever group Richard Grieco went and did, that's the scripts that Johnny Depp was turning (laughs) down, right? So it's actually very impressive that he was able to get out of that and become an actor. Like Meryl Streep plays many different people, too. I think we all need to go back and watch 21 Jump Street no. to figure out what Johnny Depp sounds like. What voice, <laughs> I know, right? What voice did he use in that movie? Because his first movies out of the gate were Crybaby, Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Benny and June. They all have accents uh, or, yeah. or affected speech. Yeah. Here he's got a Boston accent. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cool. When I met him, he, he talked, looked, I'm and sorry, acted. say that again, Adam. Yes. When I met Jonathan Depp. Yeah? If you, if you haven't heard the story, the funniest thing I never said to Johnny Depp, because when you meet a celebrity, everybody knows this, right? You get the speech, you go, don't look him in the eyes, don't do this, don't do that. Da, 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 da. So Johnny Depp's coming to this this uh, party that I happen to be at, uh, my brush with fame. And I was right, ended up there, right there in the, his, he and his girlfriend or wife, I, I don't know which, uh, was in the hallway. And then she went to the bathroom and it was just me and Johnny Depp. But 
But what ringed, rang in my head was like, I don't hassle him. Like, if I met a celebrity in Walgreens, I go, I'm not going to hassle him. He just wants to be in a fucking Walgreens. Meanwhile, this is at a party where we're there. Nobody for wants year. to be in a Walgreens. You could yeah. hassle him. <laughs> I wanted to say to him, the funniest thing I've never said to Johnny Depp was, hey, you're that guy from Platoon. <laughs> because I know he was in Platoon, and he knows he was in Platoon. He, he might not remember. Him. In all fairness. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But he was uh, fresh off of Pirates 4, and he was dressed that way. He kind of talked that way. He, kind of, uh, he was wearing the eye makeup. He was he? really what? Yeah, Eyeliner? yeah. Yeah. And he, he actually had a, a few to drink, and he, he pranced around the hallway like uh, Jack Sparrow. In fact, one of, what? The, one, of the, one of the staff actually said, when are you done shooting Pirates 4? And he said, I finished a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> a little embarrassing. But, uh, right, listen, we got to get on to our final film in this week's <laughs> marathon. Well, I'd like to talk about other people I've met. <laughs> <laughs> we could be here all night. You're a- Neglected to say that all that happened in the Bahamas. It did. Oh. It did. Oh. Fucking ridiculous. I know what you're asking. What What if I've already seen Everest yeah. and Johnny Depp shoots guys yeah. and the maze kids? Yeah. <laughs> what if you already saw The Perfect Man last weekend? Well, if you're in that predicament, there's only one movie to go and see. Captive. Bart, let's talk about it. Here we go. That's right, Paul. Ryan Reynolds grows a beard, so you'll take him seriously as an actor in this suspense-filled drama about the abduction of a little girl. I think... No, you're confused. That's last year's The Captive, which really nobody saw. Oh, that's right. Uh, But this is simply (laughs) Captive. Oh, 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 that's right, Paul. This movie stars David Oyelowo, who doesn't need to grow anything in order to be taken seriously as an actor. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Captive tells the story of the Bible. Oh, no, sorry. Kate Mara tells the story of the Bible in Captive. Wait, wait, (laughs) let me back up. (laughs) Brian Nichols. Brian Nichols is played by David Oyelowo. Oyelowo! Oh yeah, low, oh That is fantastic. <laughs> Fucking, I love this show. I right? love Gloria Stefan. Oh yeah, is a man desperate to see his newborn son. How desperate is he? <laughs> He's so desperate that he blanks. Um, He's so desperate yeah. he that he blanks. Okay, okay I'm going to go kills three people. Karen? Um, takes a woman hostage. Ooh, Everybody wins. <laughs> Oyelowo is on the run and takes Kate Mara hostage. I'm sure her character has a name, but uh, look, we don't have a lot of time. After all, we're on the run. <laughs> we're on the run. We're on the run. She's a recovering meth addict. He's an escaped convict accused of rape and murder. Together, they hole up in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> we, are, we are TV theme song heavy this week. I'm loving it. <laughs> After being taken hostage in her own apartment, Mara is able to free herself by using the book A Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> what did she do? Bore him to death by reading it out loud? No, no, no. She hit him on the head with it. No, 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 no. She uses the principles that the book teaches to help her hostage taker see the error of his ways. Oh. Those errors being raping a woman, escaping from prison, then oh. murdering a judge, a deputy, and a court reporter, then taking someone hostage. It's a very good book. <laughs> <laughs> captive plays out like an adaptation of a play, with captive and captor relating to one another as they wait out the storm. It is then that the two start to relate and see each other's point of view as oh. she tries to turn him to on to the Bible, and he... Turns her onto Amway. <laughs> now, is it based on a book? 
Yes, but not only that, it's based on a book about a true story, and the book is actually one of the stars of the movie, so I guess... Paul, you may continue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a something. Some woman gives Ashley a copy of Pastor Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, and mm. Ashley throws it in the garbage can. Wow. She's a meth addict, right? Dare she. Which clearly was a big mistake because the recycling bin was right there. You're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but the book magically reappears at Ashley's workplace with a post-it note claiming, you forgot this, no. proving that the purpose-driven life <laughs> is the coffee cake that will not die. <laughs> Thank God the book made it back to her. What if she read the killer The Story of O or Fifty Shades of Grey or The Joy of Cooking? <laughs> What about reading him An Unlikely Angel, the book this movie is based on? Wouldn't that be a total trip? Hey, guy who's holding me hostage, I'm going to read you a story about a criminal who takes a woman hostage in her own home. Sound familiar? <laughs> mind blown! What's that Steve Harvey book that that movie was based on? Think that, Like a Man. Think Like a Man. <laughs> I'm going to read you that. By the way, everybody see that movie. It is the most hilarious advertisement for his fucking uh, movie. Ah, that's what everybody that goes. You know, I was just reading uh, Steve Harvey's book, How to Think Like a Man. That line is said like a hundred uh, times. It really is said. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> awesome. That, that's what this movie is. It's just, just selling. Rick I thought Warren's it was book. the Bible, but this is a real story. No, it's that the happened. purpose-driven life by Rick Warren, who's oh, the Saddleback God. Church okay. pastor, who's like a super billionaire, Saddleback. twenty-five billion. Yeah, that's right, right down the road. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a douche. Don't I, make no mistake. Yeah, douche. douche? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, any, he's, he's any the pro Hobby Lobby. He's yeah. uh, anti-gay marriage. You equated it to incest. You know what? Pastors are great. Ones whose names I don't know. Exactly. Except for like the one I go to. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Alley. Yeah. Everyone, everyone heard of Pastor Alley? No. No. Great pastor. No. It's the guy in my hometown that I go to. Those are the ones that aren't seeking publicity and stuff. But I'm curious about this movie because it is a true story about a guy who escaped from prison, killed the judge on his way out, plus a clerk, and then took this woman hostage. Yeah. And and from what I understand, she didn't even believe in the book. Like, she wasn't reading it. Oh, no. Right? She, was, she wasn't. Oh, yeah. She tossed it. She tossed it. Yeah. She just had it there and... She just picked it up. But you're, you're holding up with a guy who's yeah. holding you hostage for a couple days. You're like, hey, look at this book. I don't know. I mean, what mm. shit to talk about, Harper's right? Harper's Bazaar, <laughs> Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a great idea. We should do a pilot of, of, of this where it's just every week. <laughs> How great would that be? All right, where were we? Chapter four? <clears throat> the Purpose Driven Life. But, uh, uh -huh. Christ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back to jail. <laughs> this looks like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, we will talk about it in a second. I'm sorry, I'm not a psychic, but the the economy of uh, independent films of just a single location. I mean, I think this is mostly them in a room, right? Well, yeah, there they is got something money. on I mean, the street. Yeah, there's like a car. He's out there, and somebody else comes up to help fix the car. So they're going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They, they get they have to like hit the road and pretend and be copacetic instead of a killer holding her hostage. Do they have to relive the same yeah. day over and over? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, and, uh, then I'm going. She's the Bill Murray But they got, they got these two actors Put your who hand aren't, in mine. aren't so cheap. And, you know, it, 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 they're, getting on the, they're getting on the God train. You well, know, these movies, more and more movies are coming out. This looks like it might be one of those fireproof ones. Or yeah, whatever, exactly, because yeah. they're making money. So, I mean, I, I, Is this a that? Is this that? Oh, Not those this, guys. That's my question. My question no, but is, it's still a, is this a, a faith-based it 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 faith <laughs> yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, the actors in their interviews that I've seen so far have said as much. You know, They're saying, I'm inspired by this. Yeah, yeah. And apparently this book is great. I just don't give Rick Warren the 
the credit. Well, because he, he gets political. That's the problem with some of these guys. He's yeah. political, right? Yeah. yeah. Once you get political, you're like, well, then I don't. I doubt your intentions. The the preacher in Phillipsburg at the local church, he's like a good guy. Yeah. You know exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the political guys are like, hey, I'm your regular local church, and also be sure to not vote for Obama. Yeah. Like, shut up. And anyone who has a, a <laughs> net worth of twenty four million dollars, you yeah. just gotta wonder how closely they're following the teachings of Jesus. <laughs> Could pass so. that on to poor people, I think, like Jesus said to do. Yeah. <laughs> My friend uh, Jonathan Brown, he's been on the show, he said it must be so hard to hang out with Jesus because if you walk by a poor person, he'd look at you and go, give this person everything you have. And you'd be like, what? Everything. Give them everything yeah, that you yeah, have. Right? You'd be like, Jesus, what I are know. you talking about? Give them everything. And then you just you, you couldn't possibly walk around and live with Jesus. You would yeah. literally be like, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it's uh, it does have two good actors in the lead. It might be worth oh, checking. Yeah, if sure. it gets too preachy, I probably won't dig well, on it's it. It's got but Black Panther. No, that's uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, Chadwick Boseman. It's got Sorry. Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah, Martin And Luther King. Invisible Girl. And <laughs> Invisible Girl, you're right. Martin Luther King and Invisible Girl. Sorry, I only that's recognize our, whether they play the superhero. Yeah, that's our final <laughs> film. <of the movie. laughs> All right, we're going to uh, be back here for the second half of our show in just a few minutes, waiting in the wings to talk to us are Justin Ware and Brian James O'Connell of Dr. God. We'll get them in here and talk about their movie Blood Sucking Bastards in just about 10 seconds. Stay with us. Let's do it. Clear all this mess off the table yeah, so it's not here when we come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Bart, you go over there. I'm going to go put over there. And we are back with, well, let's see, joined by the second half uh, of our show here by two members of the Los Angeles comedy troupe, Dr. God, who you yeah. can see every week Thank at you. the IOS Theater, yeah, still the every, regular every show? Other, every, every other, every other Saturday night. Uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, well, that's because they have so many other projects going on, including they've made their first film, Blood Sucking Bastards, Brian James O'Connell and Justin Ware, Very exciting. You made a movie. They yeah, shook each other's thank you. hands. I like that. <laughs> we did. Still getting along after all these years. <laughs> oh. No, we won't get any stories today. Of the, oh, we're we're calling it quits because we hate each other. Oh no, we're a really boring rock band in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no there's no fistfights backstage like the Who. A film set could still tear you apart. Uh, that's very true, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we dodged that bullet so far. But you know, there's always uh, prima donna behavior in anyone's future. You never know when that can manifest itself. I was just trying to put your names together into like a Brangelina Jolie kind of thing. Is Brianton <laughs> maybe? Bryanton? Bryanton? Justine? Justine. Well, but we'd have Justine. to put we'd have to put we'd <laughs> have to fit Neil Connell? and Dave and Sean in there too. Ooh. So I mean, at some point you're getting like Neil. Neil Deschinian. I think Shunstein. Probably closer to like in sync, where they took like the last letter of each one of their first names. Oh my God, is that how that happened? Yeah. That's insane that you know that. Yep. Congratulations. For real? Yeah. Wow. Holy shit! I've learned something. I learned something from I learned something from Beacon here today. That's some embarrassing information you've got there. I, I wear it proudly. But that's handy for improv or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, oh. move on to, let's move on to J-Dub for a second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all I got today. That's good. All right, so Dr. God, four members? Five. Five members, because mm -hmm. there's a guy in the pool. I've seen your poster. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a guy in the pool. <laughs> yes, yeah. if you've been to the men's room at iOS, you've seen our poster. <laughs> Proudly so displayed. I know all of you have seen it. I, I especially have seen <laughs> it. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sir, five of us, and... Um, uh, and it's funny because, you know, we, we have the writing credit on this script. It says written by Dr. God as well as a Dr. God film. And uh, it's funny because, you know, even in this era when you can learn the answer to this in four seconds on Google, 
there were still people when writing about the movie, he'd be like, and some guy named Dr. God <laughs> evidently <laughs> who, Who's the asshole with the ego to give himself the name Dr. God? And that guy has the power to review your movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. So Aaron so he, you know, like literally, you know, five seconds on Google. There's not a lot of other Dr. No. Gods that show yeah. up when you put us in Google, but for some reason people would still uh, not do that research. Mm. So uh, then how do you divide everything? When it comes to making the film, we can go back to your sure. origins mm-hmm. and all that stuff in a sec. But sure. when you're making the film, how do five guys come together and divide everything so everyone feels like they've done their part? Yeah, or teach us so that Paul doesn't keep taking over everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, one guy has to take Thanks, over son. everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, no. <laughs> uh, the, you know, we actually tend to believe in, um, you know, a, a little bit of division of labor in the sense that uh, and a, a lot of comedy groups, um, you know, they all write together. They do everything together. Everyone has to do everything equally together. I and then they hate each other and burn <laughs> hate out. Hate each other after. equally. Yeah, and, we and, got that part down. Yeah, yeah good, good, good. <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, we we feel like um, you know, it's it's best to uh, kind of have different roles and acknowledge the fact that you know Brian was the director of the film, obviously. We left him alone for the most part, you know, to to direct. And I produced the film with some other producers. Uh, and and even with writing, we don't all sit in a room and write. You know, we'll we'll kind of do different drafts. We'll brainstorm together. We'll hand things off for somebody to do a polish by themselves. Uh, so in, in that sense, we're. Um, you know, we're like a you know a medical practice uh, with five different doctors versus five surgeons standing in the room, all trying to do surgery on the same body at the same time. <laughs> but nothing, uh, no, but nothing leaves uh, our circle without all five eyes being on it because it's like before we turn a script over to someone or before we um, <clears throat> pitch something, like we all look at it and go, "Okay, anyone got any problems with this? Is it okay?" Because it's gonna have all of our names on it. And so, like Justin was saying, like since that sort of division of labor, the divide and conquer. It uh, a makes it very efficient, and we can have lots of balls in the air at the same time. But also, like you said, it, we don't sit in the room and be like, "Well, goddamn it, I don't know why, Justin. I just like that fucking line." Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's none of are that. You, are you guys uh, improv or sketch in IO? Improv, <clears throat> improv. But, okay. we, but we all have backgrounds in sketch, yeah. uh, as well. So you already kind of know how to beat those ideas out to begin with. You just have to add a bunch of them together to make a... Yeah, and also, too, like, the nice thing about this group, I feel very fortunate. I won't speak for Justin. Uh, <laughs> but I feel very fortunate. Like, we're very, very lucky. We're all very, very tight. We refer to each other as brothers. Uh, we all have older sisters, and Neil's an only child, so we're like, we're the brothers we never had. Um, <laughs> but also, we get along really, really well, and there's no egos, so no one cares where a good idea comes from as yeah. long as it's a good idea. Yeah, we yeah. go with the best joke. Usually one of those last... There will be like a group polish where we'll all sit down and just kind of go through the script and be like, all right, anything that's not at least a B plus joke, we're getting fucking rid mm-hmm. of. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll just kind of go to that. So the quality control is really there. Nice. So let's get to the idea overall of what the film is. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a horror comedy that takes place in an office. Yep. So everybody can relate. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and an influx of... Uh, what I like, you, what I like to call Draculas. Uh, <laughs> Bunch of Draculas. <laughs> Bunch of Draculas come in. Yep. And, all you uh, need is too broad, and you should be all set. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a bunch That's of these fucking Draculas reference. come in. You know, yeah. and it is start trouble. gumming up the works. <laughs> <laughs> look at this look at this Dracula over here, Tony. 
So how do you first decide then as a group that that's what you want to do, or was it one guy's idea that everyone got on board? Uh, got actually, on, got well, on board. Actually, you know, this was an unusual situation because we've written a lot of stuff ourselves where it's our genesis. Uh, I don't mean the first book of the Bible. I mean we initiated it. <laughs> and we don't mean the uh, mean progressive rock band. <laughs> <laughs> we're, mu- uh, we're a much more land lies down on Broadway. There you right. go. Or, yeah, or yeah. the Terminator sequel where they spell it with a Y. Uh, yes. Or Genesis uh, Rodriguez, the yeah. actress. We uh, could go on. Or Genesis uh, B. Orge who started the Church of Ant. Okay, whatever. Uh, yes. No, this project was actually brought to us, which is uh, kind of unusual because normally, you know, we were writing our own things and we've written a lot of stuff ourselves. But uh, a producer friend of ours, who I've known for years, um, had uh, kind of an option on this uh, property with a couple of the other producers um, with uh, Fortress, who's sort of more known in the horror space. And uh, they initially brought it to us to kind of do a you know, to do a rewrite and to make it funnier since it was a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and basically we read it and said, this is great. We're happy to participate, but, you know, we don't want to just do a rewrite. If we're going to go through all that work and we're going to do that, we want to, um, you know, really be involved. And, you know, and that's when I sort of came on as a producer and we said Brian, you know, came on as a director. And then obviously we all came on as cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, and it, I, I only got to direct it because this is my third feature that I've directed. I'd like directed things before, so they weren't just like, "Yeah, give it." Uh, <laughs> fucking Brian will be the director. Give, I don't know. Give it, to, give it to that one of us. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, it was a previously existing script that we sort of reworked and and made made our our own. But you know, it was still when we read it, we're like, "Okay, well, there's a movie here. You know, this is a funny concept. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff." Uh, in in the original script and and you know I'd like to think that we wouldn't have signed on uh, if it had been you know a total mess mm-hmm. uh, but it was also a movie that you know I mean let's face it it was a movie that was um, had investors already it was funded involved and it was funded oh, yeah. and they were gonna make it so we're like okay well this is a train that's leaving the station those are the ones you want to get on yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so so what is the story it's a there's an o- there's an office setting and then mm-hmm. that that plays out it's comedy however and then uh the, and in comes a guy that's going to take over and be the head of sales okay and he turns out to be ah uh, he's great though i love that actor pedro yeah yeah pedro actor. pascal uh was uh max sort of the villain in this and mm-hmm. he um was a really interesting get for us because when he came on board, he'd um, shot his uh, large arc on Game of Thrones uh, as the Red Viper, and uh, and uh, he'd shot it, but it hadn't aired yet. So he kind of was not. I mean, he went from like you know three hundred Twitter followers to like three hundred thousand in like the duration of our movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was really good timing for us because he'd shot that. Uh, but it wasn't out yet. And then once that came out, you know, he got Narcos and got, uh, you know, the Great Wall movie that he's doing now with, you know, Matt Damon. And he's, you know, yeah. getting like an incredible Legendary. amount of work. And we caught him uh, right before yeah. that happened. Uh, and it was, you know, really beneficial. And he deserves every bit of it. He's such a good human being. We yeah, could not have been, guy. we could not like this dude more. He earns yeah. every bit of it. Well, yeah. speaking of non-Dr. God folks in your show, you have Joel Murray. Yeah! Friend of the show. He was singing your praises whenever he was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Joel. Yeah, we, we said, what do you got coming up? It was a, that was the project he mentioned. Uh, like, Blood-sucking uh, bastards. I got this uh, new movie, Blood-sucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, can I smoke in here? <laughs> <laughs> my, my Joel isn't as good as Dave Parks. Dave Park from Dr. God does an incredible Joel Murray, but I'm working on it. That's a that pretty good, good Joel Murray. That was yeah. pretty good. Oh. Hey, he plays the boss. Mm-hmm. Yes, the overall boss. Who? So I should say the also the 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 other part of the plot is uh, a couple 
a guy Evan and his girl Amanda. Yep, mm-hmm. right. Correct. And Evan, well, they're having trouble, so that's all the office chat. I'm not going to say what the trouble is, but fantastic, you guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. From a woman's point of view, yes. Taking Good a small job. lover's conversation and tweaking ah! it just right. Yeah. So perfect. Uh, <laughs> but it's this Evan who wants this job that Max comes in and takes from him because Joel gave him the job. He also deserved it. He'd been there a long time. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, Thank right? you. He's She's acting sales manager. Right? Says so on the, says so on yeah, the door. Yeah, come and on. Uh, yeah, that was uh, um, Fran Kranz was uh, was uh, you know the the lead that we got for the movie and and uh, again it was beneficial for us because you know you realize when you're putting together these low budget movies uh, there's it, it's so contingent upon finding a couple of people you know who you can sell it off of uh, and uh, we decided as a comedy group that when we put it together we we're not going to we knew that we couldn't go in and say we're playing all the leads and they would give us money <laughs> uh so we we kind of tried to thread the needle there a little bit but we you know we went out and got fran who'd you know done cabin in the woods and dollhouse and all the you know joss whedon stuff uh and then you know and people like pedro and joel and then we took sort of smaller parts uh so that we could you know have a real presence in the movie but had not you know still get someone to buy it and put it out Mostly the slackers and douchebags. Yeah. Mostly the slackers and douchebags. <laughs> now, if the office is littered with them, and only to maintain authenticity. I yes. <laughs> yes. Now, now you guys are such good improvisers together. So, if you are playing smaller parts in the in the movie and and you're directing it, is that good to ha- have you guys around to maybe throw out a little uh, idea or something? Does that happen as well? Oh, like, do you act as an improv <clears throat> troupe on the, the set? Oh, yeah. for sure. That's for sure. very valuable. Not everybody yeah, can do that. We, yeah, Brian, how many of their ideas are you are you? Turning it down all, every day. Um, I'm not turning it down, actually. Like, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, know, I, know. I I'm actually, honestly, that's a very good question because it's yeah. like, uh, I'm the kind of director of like, I will let you play. I'm definitely an actor's director. Um, we'll get a couple of takes to make sure we've got what's on the page because you know, mm-hmm. we want to make sure it works on that. But um, again, it goes back to that thing of like, I don't care where a good idea comes from. It's still going to stay directed by me. Uh, I, so I give the actors you know, the freedom <laughs> to go on that. And we wanted that with us being yeah. improvisers. We want to have that sort of. You even, know, yeah, of, when we uh, were casting. That feeling, on, even when we were casting, we want to have people that would feel comfortable with it. And I think we got to a really good space. We knew we had a good set when we had a nice, light, fun set where everyone's getting along. Like, there's a line where it's uh, where Joel uh, Joey Kern says, "Yippee ki yay, Yippee ki Yippee ki can't even say. I can't even fucking say it. Yeah. Joel Murray came up with that line. So when you have actors coming up with lines for other actors for scenes that. They're not even in. Yeah, he's just standing you know, in Video Village, like it'll be a funny line. Funny, it'll be Yippee Ticonderoga, motherfucker, motherfucker. It's because it's a pencil. He's definitely yeah. a pencil. Um, uh, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, that freedom. Yeah, and and when we cast it, we you know it's it's so funny. I mean, so many actors are terrified of improv, and uh, you better ask that when you're casting because you know a lot of actors. Uh, some some of them love it, and some of them, if you're like, hey, let's throw out some alts, you know, let just come, you know, do something funny, and some of them just freeze over. It's absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've had people because we do, uh, you know, a show once a month where we bring in a guest, uh, you know, to tell you know sort of Armando. It's, it's style. an Armando yeah. style, yeah. Uh, you guys all know that terminology. For everybody in the audience uh, who doesn't know what Armando style is, someone does a monologue, and then the group behind them improvises based on yes. that monologue. Yeah. Uh, I thought you got cheese with it. <laughs> All from one word, though, right? It can be very cheesy, yeah. for sure. Near Armando style? Yes. With yes. the red sauce? Love yeah, only, only in Philly. Oh. You got to ask for it. it. But uh, they, uh, you know, and we've had actors who have been on shows, 
you know, like really successful TV shows seen by millions and millions and millions of people who are terrified at the idea of, you know, stepping out onto a stage in yeah. front of, you know, 85 people. We've had musicians that have like played Madison Square Garden and then we asked them to do our show in front of 100, you know, 120 people. <laughs> IO. They're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, one person, uh, I will not I will not say who it is, but there's a person who's on a pretty f- famous TV show. And he came and watched uh, the set. We were like, hey, come and watch it first and then see if it's something you might be interested in doing. And then, like, we had literally just stepped into the green room and he had raced around the back and, like, came into the green room, pointed at us and said, no fucking way. It's never <laughs> happening. Oh yeah. Never. And then bounced out. Yeah. Yeah. Safety yep. net kind of guy. Yeah, right. He, yep. couldn't, he yep. could not wait two minutes to tell us that yep. it was never happening. But that's Ryan Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke there, and I'm not going to take it because this is on camera. <laughs> yeah, but we were, you know, fortunate that a lot of our cast, especially Joey Kern, who plays Tim in the movie, uh, and uh, Sheen uh, was was, you know, I mean, and Joel Murray and uh, Fran was actually good at it too. Uh, you know, Fran is one of those actors who. Uh, when you get him rolling with improvising, he was comfortable with it. But he's also one of those actors who uh, he was, he's easy to crack up. Mm. And uh, and he would be the first person to tell you that. I don't think I'm talking out of school oh, no. here. No. Uh, but that's how we always knew that the alts were funny mm-hmm. uh, is because Fran would, you know, he'd be he'd be straight face. He'd be acting seriously. And then he just yeah, he just break <laughs> and start laughing uh, at the Sealed moment. Approval. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, actually there's actually we left a couple in because the reactions were, the reaction shots were so good, but it's literally like six frames before he breaks. <laughs> Even at one point, I think he has a line with you. He's like, it's it's probably a, you know, it's a sales call. It's probably a business related sales call where he's talking to Justin. I was like, he's so he's trying so hard to keep it together. He's trying yeah. so hard to keep. Now, it Brian, together. you said you directed two <clears throat> other movies. What else mm-hmm. did you direct? Uh, the first movie is currently unreleased. I'm hoping this movie does well enough that it will come out. That's called Killer View. Um, that was. Uh, 2006. That was a that was the first movie ever made on disposable video. They uh, CVS was selling these disposable oh, really? video cameras. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, a lot of my friends from film school had, uh, who were making movies like Foot Fist Way was coming out and Jeff Nichols' first movie and, and Zobel's movie. And I was like, oh, that's great. I want to make a movie. I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. I didn't even make a movie with no money. Uh, so that's a that's a straight horror film, but it's it's actually really like a pitch black satire of it like it's if you think I think American Psycho is the funniest movie to come out in the last 30 years <laughs> so in my view Killer View in my opinion Killer View is a really fucking funny movie uh, the second one is a movie called Angry White Man which is a straight uh, comedy it's a southern comedy we shot that on 35 millimeter and that's with uh, our boy, my boy Scoot McNary and Steve Agee and, oh. uh, and then British comedian Matt Berry and then Mary Birdsong was in that so you guys, you guys can get that on Amazon, iTunes, Netflix. Them is funny, folks. Yeah. 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 So when we were like, "Hey, let's bring," a, when we went to the Fortress guys and said, "Hey, let's bring us on as you know, as an entire unit," you know, like and Brian can direct. They're like, "Well," and then we showed him angry. Yeah, White Ernie Man. was the person. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I don't know. No, I don't no. know. Uh, no. Hey Bert. Uh, hey Bert. Um, and so we, I showed them Angry White Man, and they came back, and when I told them what we made it for, they were like, oh, we, we thought you spent $2 million on this. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that sort of convinced them that I could pull it off. So, and I, so Bloodsucking Bastards is had a run a great in, in like, yeah, like a dozen <laughs> cities across uh, yeah, 13. 13, the country. Yeah, 13, cool. yeah. And That's now so cool. iTunes. 
Uh, yeah, it's Amazon. on VOD, uh, iTunes, Amazon, all the cable uh, on demand, direct TV. Yeah, all, all the on demand, and then it's going to be coming out in Blu-ray and DVD, and I guess November or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, which we just recorded the commentary for, which I'd never done before. So great, uh, so and great. that is just the most enjoyable experience. <laughs> is that a party? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's uh yeah. It, was that, it all five really of fun. you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting there taking turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking swipes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was you know it, you know it, you learn so much about distribution and how crazy sort of this business is with this stuff, and we were really fortunate. We went with. Shop Factory, who you know, oh, they're was, great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect for us. Yeah. yeah, and they're perfect for us, and they and they really know their market, and they know how to get you know how how to get it in the hands of people, and how to get it in the right places. And they've been really good about working with us as well, and like they've been very responsive to that. It's it's weird because I'll go to some of these things, like me and uh, me and Emma did a serious XM radio interview. Uh, not as nice as this setup. Don't get me wrong. Oh, <laughs> like the phone. Thank we're you. Not joking yeah, around. Gross. Um, but they were like, they were like so kind to us. They were like, oh, I think, you know, Tom Chin was like, you know, thank you so much for doing this. I was like, of course. I mean, we're all on the same team. We all want the movie to get seen. Like, well, you'd be amazed. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. Some like some people like we buy the movie from them, and they're just like, all right, fuck off. See you later. Do whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I, well, I want to make another one. Yeah. So screw yeah. those people. <laughs> yeah. Don't if they don't want your help, I'll take whatever help you are going to give them. Give me and Doctor God that help. Yeah, I'll do more. Of that. And speaking of, you'd be surprised. Uh, just for those of you who are thinking, do I want to take in an indie horror comedy? Uh, this. Looks and sounds like a film. I know it sounds like, <laughs> no, hey, nope. do we need to say that? We do. We do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Immediately I thought, up, it looks like a movie. Looks I can like watch movie. this. Sounds like a movie. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, you. It, and you so good production uh, quality in, uh, and then a project you could succeed at. I mean, it was a wise move to jump in. I think the simple settings around one mm-hmm. building. Yeah, and a well, uh, cast that doesn't blow up to 80, 90 people. Mm-hmm. It's like 25 or so, right? Yeah, and that was, you know, both out of creative choice and just necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, the nice thing about this was there there was some logic to it. You know, I mean, it all takes place in sort of this office building. And we're like, okay, well, we can make this work for the story because it, you know, it, it feels very intentionally kind of claustrophobic, you know, that it's like they're in this coffin, you know, of an office. And that's what these places feel like anyway with the fluorescent lights and the cubicles in it. You know, it, it feels we, we wanted to get across that sense uh, that these people were trapped, uh, as mm. many people feel at jobs mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know so in that sense, uh, it was able to work for the story. But also you know, and I and I tell people, uh, you know, when we have conversations about, hey, you know, you know, it's a lot of comedy groups now ask us questions because about you know how did you get a movie made? Because that's what you know everybody has the end mm-hmm. game where they want to start making content. And I always you know and I always tell them I'm like pick something contained you know mm-hmm. i'm not saying you need to make phone booth mm-hmm. but like yeah. uh which, which actually you know had cranes and all sorts of you know, giant stuff in production but uh you know picking something that is manageable uh where you know keep your cast small keep your environment manageable write, uh, write a really good story that makes sense for not only the genre that you're doing because f- f- you know as matt lillard likes to say funny is money uh and horror <laughs> and horror always sells Right. Uh, you can go on Netflix right now and see like 12 dozen that you're like, how the fuck did this get made? What is this piece of it? But they sold it. Yeah. It's also on Netflix. The, yeah. Tip the hat to them. The single location <clears throat> thing, the Blumhouse, yeah. looking over at the Visit poster here, M.I. Mm-hmm. Chumwan's The Visit, mm-hmm. the Blumhouse productions, they're all single location. Always. Yeah. And uh, Always. the Gallows is that they only light one, they only light about 
10 feet of that hallway at a time mm-hmm. the entire movie. It literally has to be no production design past where that flashlight is. It's it's impressive. It's great. Yeah, I just wrote a review of the visit that you can see on themovieguys.net. Ah. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to go in depth on why Shyamalan has a hit with this movie, uh, even if it just narrowly lost first place at the box office opening weekend, because... Blumhouse came along and said, "Enough of this After Earth nonsense. Enough of this Last Airbender. Yep. Five million to make the movie. When it's already made twenty-seven million, it's a huge hit. Yep. Right. Even though yep. twenty-seven million That's isn't Blumhouse. a lot, like the Avengers made that in a screening. Right. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, it's about <laughs> you, you, popcorn. You, and the Gallows, by the way. Let me just interrupt for one second. I think a hundred thousand dollars. And so when it makes thirty and million, and it's great. It's yeah, like it's a <laughs> tremendous hit. And they execute, and you guys execute. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and you, it, it's just all expectations management with with box office and distribution and stuff, and and that's why you know, uh, not, you know, as we we go forward, sort of with our next projects, where, uh, you know, we have some things that you know, you know, people once you've made something that you know, it doesn't even have to be a mammoth, gigantic, thirty million dollar hit. Once you make people's money back. That all of a sudden, like you know, yeah. that's 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 a great you know. <clears throat> then they start saying, that's okay, well, what's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we don't, you know, and we don't want to, um, you know, go do one of those. Uh, okay, well, now we're going to go spend a whole shitload of money because then, Mm-mm. if it doesn't work, then you never get to make another one. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you make a second one, that's you know, I mean, be nice to have a little bit more money just to kind of you know up production value you always want to end you know and pay yourselves uh but you know i i think a lot of filmmakers when they make something that kind of you know that works or where someone comes at them and says hey we liked your first movie now here's a big pile of money to go make your second uh you know you can shoot yourself in the foot yeah it's also i mean there's a learning curve on anything you want to be able to like i mean i i was playing in bands for years and years and years back in north carolina it's like yeah when it, yeah it sucks to play in little tiny shitty clubs but then you move your way up to theaters on that to to go from just that to then like headlining a big outdoor shed it would be it's a really dumb idea because you don't know how to you know how to play to the place you don't know how to work a crowd that's that sort of size and so some of these I agree with Justin, but like I see some of these horror tales without saying any names, so I don't get in trouble. But there's a couple of these where it's like you see a guy who does a small independent movie; it does very, very well. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they're giving him a tent pole, and I was like, "No, mm-hmm. no, I don't ever want to do that. Give me a couple of times, like yeah, give me a million, then give me like five million, and then like when we work it up." Also, I think at a certain point, um, <clears throat> once you reach over a certain budget level, the movie is. N- Never going to be yours. You have no decision yeah. making it because it's just too much is at stake. I think right around that, like, I don't think I would want to make anything bigger than like I think I think the boys made two hundred million. Is, no. that's my time. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to budget I think, any higher. I that's think before market. As yeah. far as just as a director, I think the boys. I think the boys did Pineapple Express for like right around twenty five million dollars, and I think that's right at the edge that I'd want to be. Anything above that, more, it's just like. The studio says uh, this is happening. And and they keep around money. there, don't they? I mean, Neighbors didn't cost a whole mm-hmm. lot. And when well, it comedy doesn't cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, laughs, don't, laughs aren't extra budget. Yeah, yeah. It, it should. That's a great I thing. Mean, about when it. there's a sev- you know, when there's a seventy million dollar comedy, I mean, I no, that whole middle class of comedy is gone. And I mean, that whole sort of upper class of comedy, studio comedy, I mean, that's basically dead anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they the studios have uh, shifted the paradigm so much, as you guys know. I mean, there's you know now everyone is saying why would you you know mm-hmm. for um, you know why are you spending 50 million dollars 70 million dollars on a comedy yeah 
doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that's the, the old the adage that came out of like 1941, which is a lot of chaos to try and get laughs, but they're very expensive laughs. And I, I remember watching that one time and I was like, you have to be wary of any joke that costs $20,000. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if, it, if, no. if the joke costs tw- over twenty dollars or $30,000, that's maybe there's a better way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's just get one last question here because Brian, I know you got to hit yeah, the brakes. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Whoever would like to go first. <coughs> well, I think he, Brian already said his favorite comedy of all time. The, the favorite comedy of the last 30 years. But uh, if, it's it's, if it's just Psycho. straight, <laughs> <laughs> is it just straight favorite movie of all time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, great. I've whittled it down after time. You know, do so you want to go first or do, would you like me to give my super weird pretentious answer? Give your super weird okay. pretentious answer. This is going to be about, I, I was lucky. I went to the North Carolina School of the Arts uh, School of Filmmaking. And oh, we have, cool. we have an amazing, amazing film library there. Uh, Ray Regis, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, when he was there, he was part of the academy. Like he, like that's what he did. Is he he collected movies? I think it, when I was there, it was the largest private collective collected. Co- it's the largest private collection in America, and I think as far like Technicolor films, uh, only the Library of Congress had more than ours. Wow. Like the very first day, they showed us a Technicolor print of Star Wars, <gasps> seventy millimeter. There's only five of them in the world. Oh my god! Lucas has one. Spielberg has one. Scorsese has one. Uh, a collection in France has one, and, and we John had John Tesh. And John Tesh. And, and John Tesh. <laughs> so I got to see. I got. I got to be exposed to a lot of movies that I, I would normally. And my actual, my absolute favorite movie of all time is an Andre Tarkovsky movie called Andre Rublev about oh, the, about the monk. I have seen Andre yes, Rublev. That the about the that, casting of a bell by dude, monks. That fourteen year old boy, <laughs> this fourteen year old Russian kid, um, gives one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. I won't ruin it. Watch the movie. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, because of Stalin and everything else, it took Tarkovsky what like thirty years to get it released or something ridiculous. It's, like it, it's, he it's, just it's, recut it and recut it and recut. It's, he's the Kubrick of Russia. It's beautiful. Yeah. It just takes forever. It's to just. Make these movies. It's, and I know yeah, it always sounds like very film school pretentious, but it's just it's such a. Beautiful, it's a great one to movie. reference if you want to sound like you know what you're talking yeah. about. Like yeah, yeah. That yeah. sounded great just now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tarkovsky's Andrei Rublev. Yeah. I may change mine from Raiders of a Lost Ark. Yeah, it actually sounds like a ballet, doesn't it? It's well that he. Andre Rublev is a not? famous monk who's also like an amazing painter. So it ends. The movie ends with just a, a collage in color because the movie's in black and white. It ends with a montage in color of all of his paintings, and you're just like, "Holy fuck!" And there is no gray. It is, gray. It is literally a black, black and, and white, white movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, mine is. Go ahead. How uh, pretentious that? I is, dare you. Caddyshack. Jean-Luc uh, Godard's masculine feminine. Uh, a woman in the no, dunes by Ozu. It's a movie none <laughs> of you have ever Sheer heard of. <laughs> it's called. It's. Uh, Jean-Pierre Jouvive's uh, <laughs> Dusk Setting Over a Plum. <laughs> and uh, it is a beautiful film about the nature of meditation. Uh. So give me your real answer, Ransel. I, I, I like Ransel Lost Ark. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a comedy guy, and you know, for me, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have a favorite, but there were movies that were really important in my sort of comedic development and so, you know, for me, it, it's things like, you know, uh, like when I first saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail or I see mm-hmm. movies like that. And all of a sudden, my whole worldview shifted for what was possible sort of comedically. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm a comedy guy. So my list is, you know, I mean, I yeah, I, there's, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. Ghostbusters. There, I, love, I love Ghostbusters. You're right. I love if you say Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. If you say Airplane, you're also yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. Right? Airplane is a so. mini. Airplane is a mini film school. Me and my buddy uh-huh. Brian Mandel believe that. Like you watch Airplane, you, it, everything's in it. Rear projection, forced perspective. You know yeah. how to do everything <laughs> after watching that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and the uh, Holy Grail just for me was so seminal because it was the first movie that I saw when they just stopped the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, the, and then it just ends. And uh, I actually got the the uh, fortune once of seeing it actually in a theater, and they're going to re-release it oh, now. Oh wow! And I'm and I'm really tempted to go see it in a theater again because I want to know how long people will sit <laughs> waiting for the movie to start up if they've never seen it. And and that to me, yeah, was I was like, oh, there's no rules on this stuff. If yeah. it's funny, it works. And yeah. otherwise, go. You know, who cares? Yeah. So Do that's it. You want. Holy Grail. Sure, I'll, yeah, I'll stick with Holy one. Grail. Yeah, we well, picked a good one. All right, so we're going to say Brian. Uh, good Brian. We're going to say Good Brian. Good Brian. That could be their name. <laughs> good Brian. Good, good Brian. Brian for a moment. Uh, but come back in two seconds and continue on here with Justin through the last couple segments of our show. And uh, do I have any music for that? Oh, sure. Why not? Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Bye, Brian. <laughs> a little bit of magic there, huh? <laughs> Where am I? Oof. Poof, suddenly yes, it's Bart in the Brian suddenly, chair. Yeah. But Justin Ware still with us from yes. Dr. God. Still here. Blood sucking bastards. Uh, let's get on to one of our uh, oh, most favorite parts of the show. What did you see this week? <laughs> always a segment because we're always seeing movies. And Adam, I know you went to a cool one this week. Oh my God, did I go to a cool one? My one of my favorite movies of all time, and it did bump up because because I, I don't I don't stay religious with my my top you know three or whatever. So during during the showing of this, it was beating Star Wars. All right, it was above Raiders, it was above Star Wars <laughs> for the entirety of this viewing. Now it has popped back down, but I've never had. To, Airplane, okay? This is, the, of course, my favorite comedy of all time, always has been. I don't think anything's ever going to supplant it. This is a perfect movie. The pacing of this movie, the variety of jokes, there is just nothing like Airplane. And it's one thing to scholarly understand that in your living room. And I will laugh like these are the first time I've heard these jokes, everything, because I put myself in the right mental place. But when you go to the new Beverly, the greatest movie theater in the history of mankind, <laughs> and you're with 350 people, who all are there laughing along with this movie, this is just an insane experience. This is like, you know, going to, you know, this is this is equivalent of when we're going to go to episode seven. Yes, there's a Star Wars movie, and we're going to get to watch it for the first time. I would put this right up there with it. This is the same feeling, yeah. this excitement. Like at the very beginning when the plane wing starts, and they do the Jaws thing. Uh-huh. And it's got, and the, the whole movie is so precisely paced. It is just, and you can feel how it hits all the laughs of all those people people the titters and the way everything builds and everything like that is just such a masterpiece of comedy it's pretty incredible how easy they make it look to where tons of people have tried since and no one has matched nobody has matched it yeah Uh, you know especially the yeah especially the most recent attempts with all this epic movie this yeah the freeberg and uh whatever scary movies yeah yeah Yeah, even the scary movie the weigh-ins probably came closest with some of their genre like i'm gonna get you sucker was a great genre spoof but man they just can't touch airplane, and and, and even the Zuckers cannot touch airplane. Everything yeah, else that has true. been done, from Hot yeah. Shots to Naked Gun, is pretty good. Yeah, this is top the secret's m- pretty good. Yeah, but it doesn't touch airplane. It, it's like it's like when you watch like Superman the movie. Okay, you know Superman two and three. They're just these inferior things that still have Christopher Reeve in them. But that's the first one. Just it almost seems like the others aren't even widescreen. The others are square, right? <laughs> Superman two is like square. It's four by three, right? No, this is this is the one that's just just the masterpiece of comedy. It's it's a uh, uh, writ large. It's, it's now. Is this the first time you saw it in a the theater? Uh, well, I saw it when I was a kid. 
See, I saw it as a kid, but I never saw it in the theater. No, I didn't so you okay, it. I saw it in the theater as a kid. In the theater either. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw a live staged reading of that oh. down in the uh, Topanga Canyon Tree People Theater. Oh, that's awesome. They have a, a, a schedule every summer of live performances, and they close every season with a live stage reading of Airplane. And it's uh, oh, Max Cherry, wonderful. who played Max Cherry. Um, Robert, no, what's his name? Oh, 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 yeah. Um, uh, uh, Max Cherry uh, from, from Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Oh. Max yeah. Rolling Thunder. Uh, yeah. His name always escapes me. He, he was his one name's of the, Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder. He was one of the big names. Robert Forrester? Robert yeah, Forrester was go. there. And, Alligator, uh, that's his name. Some other, some other uh, midland grade uh, celebrities were there. And they the only special effect they had was at the end, uh, a big model airplane came zipping down through the woods and, and crashed into the back of the scene. But something you mentioned about New Beverly made me think about uh, the Arclight. And I've, I've said this before, that I, I only go to the Arclight because no riffraff. Keep the riffraff out. Keep the riffraff out. <laughs> there is no riffraff at Beverly at the uh, New Beverly. No, no. no, these people are dedicated. Despite the seven dollar price, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the yeah. reason there's no riffraff at the ArcLight is because it's twenty two bucks to get right. in and uh, eighty dollars to park. And so there's you know, <laughs> and, and they monitor and they walk you know along the sides like yeah. a prison yeah. guard. There's heaven security. So I, I need to go back and evaluate my economic scale there. Yeah, throw down your seven bucks. Go to the New yeah. Beverly. Yeah. And it was a double feature, so we also got to watch Used Cars, <laughs> which is an underrated comedy if there is one. I know how that my ends. My God. The the license plate falls down and he uh, he wins, right? Yes, they have to. They they, they <laughs> a mile of cars. They, they're supposed to have a. They, they make a commercial. They edit it so they say we have a mile of cars and they go ah we can we can get their lot closed down because you can't make that claim on a commercial. So they actually because of all these little plot. I'm things sorry, are we said, giving away the ending of used cars? Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think it's Windows safe open. at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Robert Zemeckis comedy yeah. and it's uh, produced by Steven Spielberg and uh, it ends with a giant desert chase of just all yeah. these cars to try and get them to the lot so they have a mile of cars. That's the best part and, of that uh, movie. Yeah, the last half that's an hour. That's crazy. It just amps up the last half hour. It's like, wow, you don't see a lot of comedies except for like, you know, the Ghostbusters is a good one, you know, where the last act is like this giant action extravaganza. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Uh, Karen and I saw a couple things with the mm-hmm. great movie pass that we have. <sighs> because we can. Because we can. So we went to No Escape. We did. Um, no Escape. Oh, I've heard this is a with, decent um, enough action With movie. Owen Wilson. And, oh, and, uh, and, and Baby Thrower. Oh, oh. Ba- Baby Thrower, the movie. Ba- baby, baby Thrower. thrower. <laughs> 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 Obligatory uh, Asian country in revolt. You, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have to remind yourself to breathe during this movie. Really? It is so that intense. Good? It's really good. I've I, heard. I got irritated by it because... So much happened, and then once they get where they're going, I wanted to see what else happened. It's like a breakneck pace. Yeah, like you said, halfway through, they, they how bad is their situation? Like you said, I think mm-hmm. we said this in the show, halfway through, they see Vietnam. If we have to get there <laughs> for their safety. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it is. I think I speak for everyone, and I say, no escape is still in theaters? Ah. Well, still? Yes, it was. I've heard it's like the raid, right? But in streets, like the like the where it's it, well, just first like of all, people are right. just coming and like coming a, and coming. Is this like a true story kind of thing that it's based I on? I don't, I don't think so. so. It's, it's, it's pure bullshit. Okay. I also <laughs> want to tell you because this was really important to me. So what happens is a movie starts where they're on the airplane and they're going to undisclosed mm-hmm. country shouldn't should go to. Ching Chang Chong. She said fourth world. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh my god. Fourth world. Fourth world country. Here's the thing. They get in. That's like a Walmart Pierce. in a third world country. It's fourth world. <laughs> it's fourth world. <laughs> Pierce Bronson, of all people, oh, yeah. picks them up at the airport. He and Kenny Rogers loved that bit. No way. No. Kenny Rogers is actually... No, it's a bit, though. Oh, it's, funny. Oh. it's super great. But okay, so timeline. They fly. The they, get to, <laughs> they get to the airport. They get picked up by Kenny Rogers. They get to their hotel, go to bed, and the next morning... Running for their life. Oh, That's wow. how yeah. long what? they were. Oh, yep. They still have jet lag. <laughs> <They> still, <laughs> oh. It took 
less than 24 hours for things to get so well, the movie, fucked. The movie opens with the killing of the prime minister of the Amazing. country. Then they just happen to be coming to that oh, country. Yeah. So he's literally getting the USA Today, trying to find it somewhere the first time in the street. He left and he looks house. to his left, cops. <laughs> weapon their uh, they got the shields and their weapon their bully clubs on it looks to the right bunch of crazies with Molotov cocktails rocks and sticks and he's, and he's just like we're fucked and that's the first day and they there. run 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 till the credits yeah. wow that's pretty exciting I want to see this don't waste this any awesome. time some of their predict situations get a little repetitive as far as how they escape even though the title says because no escape because they're, they're running <laughs> but, and jumping but the situations they find themselves in are unique and super yeah. intense and and I said I would buy Owen Wilson and I did and I was surprised just yeah. as an overall, like he's you know, well he he did do guy? his action he, he did do his action movie where he was the uh, with Gene Hackman uh, with Gene yeah where he was a helicopter pilot oh, yeah, that yeah. crashed and he like, enemy behind lines, enemy behind lines, enemy lines. Yeah. Yeah. so I guess actually he keeps getting in places where he's screwed <laughs> and then <laughs> it turns into an action movie. Do not go overseas if you're Owen Wilson. with Owen Wilson. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's that's uh, and well made and authentic. You know, it's pretty uh, pretty intense and and yeah, just the people just go fucking nuts. And they got to run from. Him. I think they look across and there's this guy just hacking a dude with a machete. They look uh, the other way and people are just throwing tables and shit out the window and wow. lighting things on fire. That's why I don't. It's complete ble bedlam, and I buy every second of it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, countries over there, but I looked at this and I went, yeah, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on the same note, uh, buying everything, we went to see the visit, and the visit was interesting <sighs> because they so excited specifically. I think just made a terrible trailer so that you would go in thinking this is going to be stupid, and as it goes, you start to go. Holy shit, this is going to be good. Uh, and then you get all excited halfway through, and then I just tell everyone to see it, and they think I'm kidding. Awesome. It's yes. great. You it, must see The Visit. Guess, yes. guess what I saw this weekend. Yes. The Visit. Did, no you, see it, did you see it in the theater? Saw I saw it in the theater. He I, went out to the theater. Was on TBS already? Well, I went to my uh, my 9.30 a.m. 9.30 right. a.m. Sunday morning. That, I go to see The no Visit. That's because I put on Facebook, you have to see this movie. I, he said, are you kidding? I'm like, get your ass to a theater. So here, here's what you happened to me. You want to like M. Knight. That's, I do. That's I'm in your DNA. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. Um, but no it, spoilers. Don't give it away. No, I, won't, I won't give anything away. Oh, I please. promise. Please, no spoilers. But um, if, if you're like me and the last M. Knight movie you saw was The Happening, <laughs> I went in so trepidatious no. and Mine's just so <laughs> just waiting for uh -oh. it to not work that it kind of got in the way because oh, no. it kept working and kept working. It and keeps I thought, working. Okay, well, this is where it's going to really fall apart. Nope, didn't fall apart. And awesome. so, in the back of my I've mind, had relationships I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. Is this going to fall apart now? Yeah. No, no, Today's it's still today, working. Right? I can't believe this is still working. Where'd she go? It's over. Oh, because she, she just went to the store. She's back. There, there are a couple of things in this movie, and I, I again, I will not give anything away, but there are a couple of moves. That's all I'm going to say that he does that I think are brilliant mm -hmm. and that are done over and over again Sweet. brilliantly. Oh, yeah. I'm so um, excited. And, and then you realize, and well. Yeah, you can't say ah, it. Don't say it. Go well, see the damn movie. Don't even, don't but, even. But, you should just probably stop. There's yeah. two movies that liked it. There's, I liked it. There's Did two you movies. like it? If you like yeah. Signs and if you like Unbreakable, nice. for reasons that those movies are good, this movie's good as well. Awesome. Yeah. And, yet and it looks the actors are fantastic. The kid actors are great, and I don't like kids. So. Oh, the kids are great, great because they're cast like regular kids are goofy. They're goofy. Right? Yep. You yeah, always say that. Well, he's M. Knight's a good director of kids, obviously. Uh, they're not kids uh, acting like kids. Yeah. They're kids being kids. Yeah. yeah, and they were really good. And and it, they do a whole thing where the kids are making a documentary, so it's from that point of view. Oh, and oh, they do that great. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. I will yeah. say uh, that this teaming up with Jason Blum and taking the onus yeah. off of how, how huge the movie has to be 
was what a great we were talking move. about earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I have to say, Jason Blum has also made great hay about his surprise endings and stuff too. I mean, it's this is a match made in heaven. Like the the gift that was a big thing. It was like you'll never believe how it ends. I still haven't seen it, but I'm gonna. Yeah, no, you, yeah. The best part of the visit though is it's one of the few movies you'll see this year where you're going to have ample and uh, and well concentrated post screening discussions. Oh. You're gonna look back at all the things that Excellent. he that were yeah. in there and went. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, so excited. I won't give the this example. Makes, I love this makes sense. This, I won't give this example, but oh. Paul and I, like a day later, I said to him, I asked him a question about a thing, and he gave me the answer, and I just went, all right. I'll mm-hmm. be damned. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because I was all bothered by it, because I couldn't figure out why the thing was the thing, and then when he told me, I went... You're right. I'm wrong. Okay, I'll tell you. Don't send her signals, do yeah. you? You two get to the, to the diner later and fucking handle this. Sidebar. So, yeah, It's seriously. just one of these things where if you're a moviegoer like me who yeah. likes things to all mm-hmm. make sense, yeah. they will. And yes. then you'll just go, holy shit. I think I may have missed something. Oh. We need to talk. Yeah, we, we will. Talk. There may be, it'll right. just, be, it'll just a, make the movie richer. And it's so exciting when it's there, okay. Yeah. There are three Blumhouse <laughs> movies in theaters right now that I haven't seen. I'm going to do a whole fucking Sunday, <laughs> man. Sinister <laughs> 2, The Gift, and The Visit. Oh, I'm so excited. Visit is fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. And nobody believes me. I was at Universal Woo-hoo. working, and I was sitting at the table talking to people, and they're like, what did you see? I said, The Visit. And I said, you should go see it. And they're like, you're fucking with us, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. Somebody went to see it, and they wrote to me on Facebook. They're like, it was good. It's a good return to form. Why would people take take Shyamalan's last two movies and go, eh, it's probably as good as he is? Like, no, those first. Because uh, it was three. Ah! But still, <laughs> all oh. happening, and you had the two big blockbusters. Uh, well, yeah. if he went, but it's a return it's to form. So that's Lady good. in the Water and... Uh, oh, four. Right, okay, four, four movies. But at least oh. Lady in the Water was old M. Night just not doing it quite well. Right. You know, I mean, it's still, I'm a it's defender still of Lady in the Village. You know, I enjoyed it. I think if you go into the Lady in the Water right out of the gate, if you say yeah. this is a fairy tale, it works. I give it a chance um, again. The reason I the reason I think I people, that people write him off is that his last two movies, he got out of his lane. Yes. Right? And exactly. so you figured, okay, if you're out of your lane, then I'm not going to watch this, but... Funny, you're out of your element. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and he, and he also had to direct, you know, the Smith family. Oh, well, uh, Jesus. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know. <laughs> you come out with PTSD when you're done. Yeah, yeah right? I mean, all right, Karen, we got to turn things over to you for the great finally finale of the show. Uh, the way we wrap it up best, celebrating the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthday. All right, let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Miss Amy Poehler, everybody. I've always said she's ageless. Well, then I won't tell you how old she is, but she can play anywhere from an ass cat with Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, Matt Walsh, that whole gang, to a one-woman comedy machine. I remember seeing Amy over there doing sketch comedy and stuff whenever we were... At Second City, she was. Uh, she would always sit up, sit in with the groups. I don't remember her doing any. I don't think we saw her main stage, stage or yeah, anything. She was a touring company would pop in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, of course, over at UCB and all that crazy shit they used to do. Well, like they would have. Um, that was back before they started the theater company. They would be the Bright Citizens Brigade, and they would do stuff in alleys. Like they yep. were telling oh, yeah. everybody there was going to be a suicide. Oh yeah, they, 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 they show Sands got arrested. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they would they would play football in a six way intersection, and, and then uh, you would yes. go just sort of watch stuff. that happen. Absolutely, yeah, they did a lot of stuff at Wrigley Field that way. Yes. They kept doing outside Wrigley yeah. Field, and then they keep getting in trouble. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam McKay was uh, part of UCB, the director yeah. of uh, you know, yep. Anchorman and the other guys, yep. and uh, he put up a terrible headshot and said at midnight, yes. this man will kill himself. Kill himself. Yeah. And the address, and people all showed, and so they did a UCB show, and then they said, hey, have, have you guys seen this sign up? And they held it up to the audience. They took the whole audience out over to the house and go, let's go see what this is all about. And then he throws a, throws a mannequin out the window at this uh, <laughs> 
uh, theater audience is. Just they were, uh, they were talk about interactive theater. But that's the, you know, the Amy Poehler that we all know and love. So happy birthday, Amy. And I just want to remind everybody on December 18th, she stars opposite Tina Fey, who also was kicking around sure. when we were there. And Ike Barinholtz. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And just Ike a friend. Barinholtz, <laughs> who is super great. He's and blowing up. And Amy's, yeah. bu- Amy's book is great, by the way. If you want oh, a good, yeah. if you want a good background in Chicago comedy, yeah, oh, right. sure. and then also the rise of UCB and all that, her, uh, her, yes, please, her autobiography is very entertaining. Very Justin, cool. did you Thank have you. a crush on her back in the day? She uh, was the cutest damn thing I've ever of seen. Of course, I mean, <laughs> like you know, it's like we, it's like you know, we were freshmen and they were seniors, yeah. kind of. And that's and how we, we look yeah, at it. Too. And, and they, they were. You know, and Carell and all those guys, they were yeah. all glamorous and exciting. And then they went off and became even more glamorous and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny when you see a Tina Fey or somebody in a giant billboard on Sunset Boulevard. And you're just like, wow, I'm... Oh, I, I remember her in overall. I remember her yeah, right? in my <laughs> living room. Yeah. All right, next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Tom Hardy, who turns 38. He always seems older and which than one's that. he, Paul? I swear I've seen him in movies before. Yeah, right? you have. He's both Bane and Locke. What? Yeah. Right. I know. It's he crazy. turns and 38, but he can play anywhere from Mad Max to mad at most everything. Ooh. Tom spent his teens. Oh, you're going to love this. This was so strange. His teens and early 20s battling delinquency, alcoholism, and drug addiction, oh, as many would call in, that. In his own life? In his own life. life. <laughs> I was just Fighting crime. Say, I knew it. I knew he fought crime. <laughs> many of them would call that an actor doing character research. <laughs> so he did that before he had got anywhere else. This is kind of fun. He had a dog named Max that was given to him when he was a teenager. Oh. Max has since passed away in 2011, but the dog's name was in honor of Mad Max. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And years later, of course, Hardy played the title character of Mad Max in Fury Road. Fun fact, Tom is the only actor to play a villain in a Star Trek film and a Batman movie. Oh. Huh? Is she right? How fun. Star Trek Nemesis. Hmm. Very interesting. You know, he Nemesis. Was- uh, he also was at the Phoenix Film Festival. His movie was there, Locke, which we also That's saw. where I know him from. Yes, he was in a car. The, the one-man Entire car movie. movie. One I man stared at his face for two hours, and I think Paul's like, you know, that's Tom Hardy. I'm like, who? Who? What? Tom I saw what? this man before. <laughs> he, I couldn't even... Oh, did you? Ever I'm see saying, talk, talk about economy of set. We were oh, talking, that's talking what about I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> that's that's very one cost car, efficient. one man. Yeah. One car, and then all the other characters would just come to life on that screen. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Go see Locke if you haven't B- seen him. Bond rumors around him as well. By the oh, way. really? Mm. Yeah. Little old, little well known. Can he be charming <laughs> enough? All right, so here's the thing that's crazy about Tom Hardy is there's just so many amazing things that he has done and accomplished that I didn't even bother to put them all down here. But this I found interesting. In IMDb, he was asked how he crafted an hour-and-a-half performance in just eight days for the shooting of Locke because that was Mm -hmm. done in just eight days in a car. And this is what he said. There's nothing too perfect in this performance. His night is intrinsically fucked. The question is just how do you unfuck it? The best of your ability. <laughs> when inevitably, it's going to be the. It's not going to be the best of nights. So there's no point of affecting that or embellishing it. It's just shit. <laughs> so there's it's a guy in a car. Shit. This is going to be a shitty night. And so there you go. Just that is what we saw. In that is what. No matter what happens, he's fucked. I love that. And then I thought this was kind of neat. He was originally cast in the movie Black Mass, which we reviewed today, and the one, uh, the 
the one about um, what's his face? Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. He was replaced by Joel Edgerton, who's playing the part of John Conley, Whitey Bulger's FBI handler. I just thought that was interesting, considering that uh, that movie is coming out this week, and it's his birthday. But he was going to play the part. I could totally see that. They look pretty similar. That's kind of a bit of a one-to-one, right? Right? Yeah. We can't get Joel Edgerton? All right, get Tom Hardy. Can't get Tom Hardy? Yeah, get Joel Edgerton. Instead, he's going (laughs) to play opposite himself, right? In Legend. That's the new movie Um, coming up at the Cray Brothers. Who are the Cray Brothers? A big British gang. There's a movie called The Crays, right? There was a movie called The Crays starring (gasps) the guy from... uh, Starring actual twins, I think, from Spandau Ballet. Oh, okay. The lead singer. The lead singer. Yeah. But now, now if you call it the craze, it sounds like the kind of movie like Eddie Murphy would be pretending to be in. Yo, we're the craze because we're cray. You know, so like you can't call it that anymore. They would be the cray craze. Well, they're twins, right? Yeah, so, so be the cray cray. The cray cray. All right, now, Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true. People ask me all the time. Yes. Just on the street, they'll pull me aside and they'll go. Tell me two interesting things about Karen. What do you say? And I'll say, well, first of all, she loves when celebrities sing. And second of all, she loves when celebrities I sing. I do love Talk it. yourself into a corner. <laughs> I especially love it when they do something that is so strange and out of left field. So, Tom Hardy, he had a rap career. No. Way. no. Yes. Not buying it. Uh, and awesome. So, awesome. today, to end the yeah, show. time when everybody just rapped. We're going to have him rap a little. <laughs> I did break dancing. Here's the best part. So, not. Because Tom Hardy can't just do things half assed. He's not just going to be like, I'm rapping cray cray. No, he's rapping the. Prin- DJ Cray Cray! <laughs> he's rapping the Princess Soliloquy from Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth, Part One. Okay, that Act I One, right. Scene That's Two. Good. That makes That's sense. Classic. A little Tom Hardy for you. That's a classy move. Yeah, well, this is. I mean, there were some. I know you all! With a while to pull the onion juma of your item, Ness, Ness. Yet hear him when I imitate the sun who doth come in. This is like that rap song in the Mighty Vice soundtrack that is like the songs you know, and then there's one rap song, you're like, what episode is that in? But it's on the soundtrack for some reason. It sounds like a rap, but. He sounds like the informer. Really, he couldn't have gone if he was going to rap some literature, he couldn't have done some Thomas Hardy. I mean, come on. That is a good call. Little test of the Durbervilles. You have earned your keep in this show, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that does it for the movie showcast. Together we're the movie guys. Individually, we are. They call me Barkaius. You can follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys for daily jokes and links. Also on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys. iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, it's like we're on the internet. Instagram, what, whatever the what, fuck. What? Thanks to Justin yeah. Ware and Brian O'Connell. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, guys. Woo. So fun. And we're cute. Now, again, we can find Bloodsucking Bastards on... Um, on VOD, iTunes. everywhere. iTunes, Uverse, Time Warner, Amazon, all those places. Good. Cool. And where else can we follow you guys? Social media? Uh, Dr. God Comedy is uh, us on Twitter at drgodcomedy.com where you can follow bam underscore snap is the uh, Twitter handle of the movie and those are the two or you can just follow me at Justin Ware but, you know, or just follow him around the Trader Joe's or just follow me <laughs> I will be in the Trader Joe's tomorrow from 11 to 11.20 <laughs> so Thanks. frozen food aisle making frozen pers- food aisle getting some hummus making a personal appearance in your life yes <laughs> thanks exactly. to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week and as always we owe everything to Pat next week another event that only happens in the fall when you get like four releases on the same day we'll have Pumpkin that spice including the intern and hotel transylvania 2 and more and we will see you there now, i'm not what? that familiar with the spice girls which one was pumpkin spice <laughs> so wendy's loose behavior she's the white one in yoga pants <laughs> of which i never promised by how much greater than my word i am <laughs>